Let's read a couple of scriptures, in fact, the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. Verse 4. And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once of whom the great part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I aborted more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Verse 12. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God. Because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up. If, in fact, the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life... Only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet, but when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. 
now when all things are made subject to him then the son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him that god may be all in all otherwise that will what will they do who are baptized for the dead if the dead do not rise at all why then are they baptized for the dead and why do we stand in jeopardy every hour i affirm by the boasting in you which i have in christ jesus our lord i die daily if in the manner of men i have fought with beasts at ephesus what advantage is to me if the dead do not rise let us eat and drink for tomorrow for tomorrow will die do not be deceived evil company corrupts good habits awake to righteousness and do not sin for some do not have the knowledge of god i speak this to you to your shame but someone will say how are the dead rise up and with what body do they come foolish one what you sow is not made alive unless it dies and what you sow you do not sow that body that shall be but mere grain perhaps wheat or some other grain but god gives it a body as he pleases and to each seed its own body all flesh is not the same same flesh but there is one kind of all of flesh of men another flesh of animals another of fish another of birds there are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another there is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars for one star differs from another star in glory so also is the resurrection of the dead the body is sown in corruption it is raised in incorruption it is sown in dishonor it is raised in glory it is sown in weakness it is raised in power it is sown a natural body it is raised a spiritual body there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body and so it is written the first man adam became a living being the last adam became a life giving spirit however the spiritual is not first but the natural and afterward the spiritual the first man was of the earth made of dust the second man is the lord from heaven as was the man of dust so also are those who are made of dust and as is the heavenly man so also are those who are heavenly and as we have borne the image of the man of dust we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man verse 50 now this is i this i say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god nor does corruption inherit incorruption behold i tell you a mystery we shall not asle- all asleep but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye all the at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed 
for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory o death where is your sting o hades where is your victory the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is law but thanks be to god who gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the lord knowing that your labor is not in vain in the lord first corinthians chapter 15 talks about the resurrection of lord jesus christ and the resurrection of the church and the victory children of god are going to experience over the death resurrection of our lord jesus christ is our hope if christ is not risen then our preaching is empty then our faith is also empty if christ is not risen our faith is futile and we are still living in our sins If Christ is not risen those who are already dead is dead forever because Christ is risen we have a hope in Christ that we will rise back the dead will rise back once once again in the same way Adam brought death into this world Christ brought resurrection to the mankind if we have hope in Christ only for this life we are the most pitiable of all men god is telling if we have hope in christ there are people who believe christ believe god only for the life on this earth and word of god says such people looking at such people they are pitiable of all men god is expecting us to put our hope not on this earth not for the things living on this earth but the life of eternal the eternal life You know what what of God also says what you sow is not made alive until it dies and what of God gives an example there if you sow the seed or grain that grain doesn't come forth another body comes forth a plant comes forth you know today at times we struggle over the fact that how is it possible when i die how i am going to come alive how i am going to resurrect from the dead you know sometimes people die they are buried sometimes even people die they are thrown into the sea into the ocean sometimes you don't even get to see their body at all then what what is what, what how it is buried and you know we have so many questions over that what of god gives an example here when you bury a seed in the soil the seed doesn't come forth we don't know even what is about to come out but something which is beautiful comes out you know that, that's how that's how the resurrection of the saints is going to happen each seed has its own body and you know word of god goes on and it says it talks about the terrestrial bodies and the celestial bodies it talks about the glory of the sun is different from the moon and from the stars and word of god even gives you know some of the astronomical facts saying that one the glory of one star differs from another star you know stars brightness is measured by its magnitude right so its magnitude so word of god talks about you know one star differs its magnitude from the another one god is going to give us a glorified body 
We may differ even in the glorified body. We may differ to each other the glory that God is give, going about to give us. But the fact is, if since Christ has risen from the dead, we have hope that we will also rise back to live with the Lord. Now, as I was talking to you yesterday night, resurrection is not only for godly. Resurrection is also for the wicked. But the resurrection for godly is to live with the Lord forever. But the resurrection for the wicked is to perish in the hell forever. Word of God also says, it is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. You know, by the time we reach the end of our life, we are going to become so weak, no, no matter what it is. We are going to lose our strength. You know, we are going to lose our abilities. We will be buried maybe in weakness. But what of God says, when we rise up again, we are going to rise back in power. It is sown as a natural body, but it is going to rise as a spiritual body. God is spirit. God is spirit. He is going to give us a body which is not natural. It is a glorified body. The first man, Adam, he became a living being. When God, the Father, he breathed on his nostril. What of God says, he became a living being. But you know what? The last Adam who came, he became a life-giving spirit. If the first man can give forth life for the natural to, be, to live on this earth, the second man is going to give us life to live in the supernatural. To live in the supernatural. That's the very same reason Jesus Christ rose from the dead. The first, first man was made of dust of this earth. Earthly body. Natural body. But the second man, he came from heaven. He's a heavenly body. So when we die, when we rise again, he is going to give us a heavenly body that, that differs from the natural body. You know, as we have... The image of man from the dust. We will one day bear the image of the heavenly man. The image of the heavenly man. Word of God says, flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Our flesh and our blood are not going to go into heaven. God is going to give us a glorified body, a different body. Word of God says, in the twinkling of an eye, the dead will be raised, incorruptible, and we shall also be changed, those who are alive. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortality must put on immortality. And finally, the word of God says, death is swallowed up in victory. Death is swallowed up in victory. The reason for the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ is to completely destroy death. Completely destroy death and to give a life that is eternal. Let's turn our attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the same chapter we read, verse 58. Word of God says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Number one, be firm, steadfast. God wants us to be firm. God wants us to be fixed. You know, knowing this fact of the resurrection, God doesn't want us to be wavering in nature. Knowing the fact that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, knowing the fact that one day we are going to experience the resurrection in our lives, 
God doesn't want us to you know to be wavering in our nature god wants us to be fixed steadfast so strongly in in in, in our life you know some of the synonyms of the word steadfast it says loyal faithful committed devoted dedicated dependable reliable steady true constant staunch solid trustworthy trusty now god is expecting us to be firm be stable do not doubt do not waver you know most of the time we see especially christians those who know the lord you know they get doubt they get doubt most of the time the one who doesn't believe in god he doesn't have any doubt because he knows that he does he, he believes that there is no god he doesn't believe in god anyway but once we believe start believing in god you know that's the time we get all the doubts in the world you know what word of god says in james chapter 6 Sorry, James chapter one. If you can read a couple of verses there, James chapter one, verse six. James chapter one, verse six says, "But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind." Verse 7, James 1. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from God if one who doubts. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You know, there are people, even sometimes our own nature becomes so unstable, we are no more able to believe what God can do to us. Word of God very clearly says, You know sometimes we pray to God with a double minded with wavering with 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 no, not with stability we we doubt God we doubt whether he can do it for me or not what of God very clearly says do not expect anything if you doubt God do not expect anything that God can answer if you doubt God you know loyalty trustworthy and dependability are the essential characters of godly child you know many want to be used by god but you know what unfortunately they are not willing to be faithful in little things god wants us to be committed in little things that he has given to us what of god says here as we read in first corinthians 1558 god is asking us to be firm God is asking us to be firm. You know most of the time people of God don't behave in the way that they can be trusted by God. God wants us to be trustworthy so that God can give us responsibilities in God's kingdom. You know it's natural that you know if we don't trust somebody we are not going to ask them to do anything. You know when people come forward to do something in the ministry we give some little things for them to handle and then see how well they are able to do it You know most of the time we find people failing You know most of the time when people suddenly young people they want to do something for God 
the first thing they think about is you know they compare themselves with somebody who is a matured preacher and an evangelist or a or a minister of god and they just want to be like that sometimes you know they want to sing in that same way probably the singer would have gone through 10 15 years of training his voice and you know coming to that level of maturity and the grace of god and the, you know the, the the ability to worship god he has gone through so much but then when they start singing the first song they sing they want to imitate somebody who has gone through so much in his life the same way in the ministry people want to imitate somebody and you know thinking that they can be considered equivalent to somebody else but you know what god is asking us to be faithful in the little things that god has given to us we need to prove at times to god that we are trustworthy we are trustworthy if you remember what jesus said let's turn to luke chapter 16 luke chapter 16 verse 10 to 12 luke chapter 16 verse 12 verse 10 He says he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much therefore if you have not been faithful in the unrighteousness mammon who will commit you commit to your trust the true riches like to read from another version It says if you are faithful in little things you will be faithful in large ones but if you are dishonest in little things you won't be honest in greater responsibilities and if you are untrustworthy about the worldly wealth who will trust you with the riches of heaven and if you are not faithful with other people's things why should you be trusted with things of your own you know as paul is writing to the church of corinth and he says be firm be steadfast and i believe god is asking us to be stable to be faithful to be loyal to the work of god so that god can trust us and give us more responsibilities in god's kingdom secondly if you can again read first corinthians chapter 15 verse 58 first of all he says my beloved brethren be steadfast and secondly he says immovable immovable niv put it puts it this way let nothing move you let nothing move you some of the synonyms of immovable says fixed secured stable moored anchored rooted braced or it stuck it's stiff you know god expects us to be immovable for example when we lock a bike with a you know with the lamp post it is immovable nobody can just move it nobody can just snatch it away it is just locked it is it is fixed with that you know god expects children of god to be immovable to be immovable have you seen people in this world you know sometimes if you ask somebody to do something they don't move if you ask them to get up from that place they don't move if you, you know no matter how much you even try to push them they don't move from that place but sometimes you know they may be lazy because they are not moving because they you know they are lazy god is not asking us to be lazy but god is asking us to be so strong so deeply rooted in what we believe 
For example, be rooted in the word of God. Be rooted in the word of God. When Paul says, Christ has risen from the dead, and you also hope for a resurrection from the dead, and you need to be immovable. You need to be so strongly rooted in the word of God. A person who is fixed in God's word really knows what he believes. A person who reads the word of God knows really what he believes. And you know, will not get confused. He won't be tossed by the waves of false teachings and false doctrines. Nobody need to t- go and tell him that this is what is correct, this is what is wrong. Because the word of God says so. What is right and what is wrong is written in the word of God. The one who is strongly rooted will never be taken out, taken away by the false teachings. In Ephesians chapter 4, let's read quickly Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 to 15. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ Jesus so here word of God is telling us you know we need to be immovable we cannot stand we need to be standing firm in the word of God so that we are not tossed here and there by the false teaching and by the false doctrines word of God is also telling us to be strong in our decisions you know many times we take decisions but we don't keep up we don't keep up to that we take many decisions if you think about our lives our own lives you know how many decisions we would have taken right from our childhood how many years passed by how many decisions we would have taken god is expecting us to keep you know to 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 become immovable in our decisions to if you remember peter peter saw jesus on the waters and the moment he saw jesus on the water he asked jesus jesus can i walk towards you and peter took a decision to walk on the waters towards christ right because jesus was standing in the middle of the sea And he started walking, but as he was walking, he was stable, he was walking very well. But as he was walking, he started looking at the surroundings and he failed. He saw the wave coming again over him. Probably in the moment he would have thought that he is about to be drowned. He he may drown. But the moment he thought about that, the moment he realized that he is... He's in, he, you know, he looked at the surroundings and he was kind of terrified. The moment he got into that situation, he drowned. Peter would have set his eyes upon Jesus and he would have walked and reached him. What about Moses? Moses listened to the call of God in his life. But you know what? He looked at his inabilities. He looked at his inability. He said, Lord, I cannot do this, Lord. I cannot do this. Send somebody else. Send someone else. The moment he looked at his inabilities, he was no more stable. He was no more stable. You know, God had to again work in his life. It's because of the mercy of God, finally Moses was used. Otherwise, you know, God could have thrown him out. Maybe send just Aaron. Or just send somebody else. You know, many times we are 
We need to be stable. We need to be immovable when it comes to the matter of God. You know, maybe family pressures. Maybe family pressures. You know, at times we feel that, you know, we are neglected in our family. When we, the moment we started going to church, from that time onwards, we are neglected by our family members. Financial pressures, you know. Sometimes we feel that we are losing all the financial benefits because we are standing for the truth. We are standing for the truth. It happens in the workplaces. You know, if we can tell a lie or if we can, you know, cheat someone else, probably you can come up and your pay may be, pay may be more. But today we are not because we are standing for the truth. We are standing for the truth. Sometimes, you know, we may struggle over finances because of obeying the call of God in our lives. There may be different situations, sicknesses. Sometimes we feel that since the time I started doing things for God, there are sicknesses following me, following my family just like that. There is no cure from some of the sicknesses that I'm going through in my life, in my children, life of my children. There may be various situations in our life, but God expects us to be immovable. We may have questions in our lives. Some of the prayer requests are not answered. God is answering to God is listening to me or not. Everything has started well, you know, somewhere along the line, but then down the line things are not going well at all. We may have questions, but the questions and doubts and the confusions and the financial situation and sicknesses in our lives, they don't need to move us if we are so strong in the Lord, if we are so strong, so strong in word of in the word of God. When Paul writes to the church in Corinth, he's saying, you need to be immovable. You need to be so strong in what we believe. And then he continues to say, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. NLT says, always work enthusiastically for the Lord. Always abound in the work of the Lord. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Amplified says, always being superior, ex excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. Always, NIV says, always give yourselves fully to the work of God. Fully to the work of God. What of God expects us to give and to do the best for our Lord? Now God is asking us to fully committed to the work of God. Now the only reason is at times, and I think about it, we are not trying to build some monument on this earth. We are not trying to build a huge building on this earth. We are not trying to build an institution on this earth. You know, if we are trying to do all these things, it is true that they are going to perish one day. You know, even before the coming of the Lord, things on this earth, it's all going to be destroyed one day. But you know what? You and I are trying to build something that is eternal. Have you ever thought, of that, thought, thought about that? We are trying to build something that doesn't belong to this world, but it belongs to eternity. It doesn't belong, it, it cannot be measured with the value, with, with the currency that what we have on this earth, because it has eternal values. We are trying to do something for God. It will reward us in the eternity. So it is very, very important that you and I need to try to give our best to the Lord. You know, today, 
many of us, we look at God's work as an option. We feel that, you know, we can do the work of God whenever we feel like doing it or whenever we find time. But God's word is asking us to do the work of God enthusiastically. Enthusiastically. God is asking us to give our best to the work of God, not the least. You know, many times... People, you know, work in the secular world until their retirement age. And they think that, you know, they can probably join in some ministry once, you know, after their retirement. You know, I, I'm not talking about anybody, you know, we all know that we have been working for the Lord, you know, for a long time. But, you know, sometimes when you talk to an youngsters, you know, that's their, that's their feeling. They say that, oh, this is my best time. You know, I want to invest my time in this world. I need to work for the company and, you know, I need to excel. I need to build up my career and then I need to do, I need to take care of my family. And when, do, when are you planning to do something for God? Maybe, you know, when I am done with all these things, at my old age, you know, I am trying to, I will try to do something for God. You know what happens? In the old age will not be able to walk. We'll be in the wheelchair. We need to be carried in the stretcher. We will not be able to walk. Do God need such people? Do you think so? What can God do with such people? God will not be able to do anything with them. We need to do things for God when we have strength. We need to do lift, lift up things for God when we have strength in our body. We need to walk. We need to pray. We need to run here and there. Only when we have strength for God. And do you think that that strength we are going to have it for a long time? Forever? No. Not at all. Very short time. Very narrow window is what is available for us. We can do everything only when we have strength in our body. In our body. God is expecting us to give our best. God is expecting us to abound in the work of God. We need to do more. We need to do better than what we were doing. Every year we need to improve. We need to grow. You know, only those who give themselves to the work of God, those who are completely sold out to God, only those who are willing to sacrifice, only those who are willing to walk an extra mile, that they can do something which is great for God. You know, most of the time, I'm not talking about, you know, coming to full-time ministry. I'm talking about what God is expecting us to do in the workplace, in our family, in our life, with our friends, with our other families, with the community in which we are living. God is expecting us to do something. There is no doubt about you know, why God has brought us to this nation or why we are living in this nation. God is expecting us to do, give our best now. You know, mostly I, I used to say most of the time, when is the best time, do you know? Now. Now is the best time. I can't wait for a better time tomorrow. Now, today is my time. Now is the best time that I have in front of me. You know, the most affected work in this world is God's work. Do you know that? Most affected work in this world is God's work. Can you imagine, expect God? God is expecting people like you and me who are created from the dust who are mortal in nature, who, have, who are natural. He is depending on you and me to do God's work, the work of heaven on this earth. So obviously the work which is most affected on this world is the work of God. Because God's work doesn't reward immediately. Anything you do for God, 
you don't see things happening immediately god's work won't result in money if you work for you know most of the time when you do something for god if you ask debbie debbie you are running out running here and there every day every week day in and day out how much you are getting paid nobody is getting paid for doing anything for god you don't get reward immediately we are not honored by people most of the time you know sometimes people feel that you know they are not recognized they are not honored that's so true they are not honored by people by most of the time we are not paid hourly every time when you come to church two hours you are in the church and this is your wage you are getting paid when you go back from the church okay this is your package you can take the package and go no nobody is getting paid for coming to church nobody is getting paid for preaching nobody is getting paid for doing anything for god what of god says if we work only for our stomach only for our earthly benefits neglecting god's work we are the most pitiable than all men we are the most pitiable that's what word of god says you know one of the reasons we couldn't grow as fast i'm talking about our church the way we could have grown or we would have come forward is basically there is so much of commitment that is expected when we want to grow as a church now mostly most of the time people think that you know it is very work hard to work with me it is very hard difficult to work at times that's true it is difficult you know even if it is a matter of playing an instrument it's a matter of singing we need to practice if you don't come for practice you are not going to do it you know we need commitment to do the work of god the same way we cannot perform in our natural or in our uh, secular office we need to bring commitments our way i used to tell most of the time if you want to come and stand in front of the people if you are not praying at least half an hour don't come and stand here then people go away they don't want to do it it's good if you are not doing it but if you are doing it you do it with full commitment with full commitment now god's work demands so much so much from our lives it is not cheap you know god's work is not cheap at all we need to give our best our abilities to the work of god we may not be rewarded we may not be recognized but we need to give that's what the word of god says abounding abounding in the work of the lord finally it says knowing that your labor is not in vain in the lord your labor is not vain in the lord what is the reward that we are going to get after all these things you know sometimes we look look like a fool in front of people right so probably you know if you are there in the secular job probably you may be getting 70 to 80000 in a year you leave 